0: Good morning. We are almost done with our series in the book of Ephesians. Just have a couple messages left. We find ourselves today in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 to 20. For the last two messages, we have focused on Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 17 which I believe is the key passage in the New Testament on spiritual warfare. We are living as followers of Jesus Christ, not in a playground, not in a sandbox, but we are living in an active, real combat zone. Amen? In this battlefield, there are real weapons real casualties our enemy though unseen is real and I don't care what the world says about the devil he is a real person unseen he is out to deceive us and to destroy us and God commands us to stand strong Stand. I don't know how many times he has said that just there in the ten verses 10-12, 13, four times. Stand. And remember, we are to stand in the strength He provides. How long will our strength cause us to stand? Very short time. Stand in His strength, the power of His might. And as we are to stand, we are to put on the full armor of God, which again, He supplies. And do that so that you will not fall to the enemy during the battle. And we are locked in this mighty battle every day of our existence. A day doesn't go by, the enemy does not take a shot at you. If he is, you must be laying in bed sound asleep. But I have had times when he has woken me up and he has put things in my mind that are the most vilest things. That's how he works. For the first time in world history, and this is my opinion, but I think you will agree. For the first time in world history, we are living in a time of constant communication. Now, depending on where you park your cell phone at night, people from around the world can get a hold of you almost instantaneously. Now, I've done something I've never done as far as I remember, as I brought my cell phone to the platform. Now, I made sure the ringer was off. And when I first started carrying this, my wife would often have to remind me, did you take your cell phone today? Oh, no. No, it's still at home, sitting on the charger. But it's amazing how this little piece of equipment can connect you with anywhere in the world. And you can be having a serious conversation with your mate or your children, and all of a sudden this thing starts ringing and you say, "Excuse me, I have a call to take." And you find out it's another one of those automobile warranty calls that they've gotten <laughs> they've gotten your phone number with. And they're getting sneakier all the time. These cell phones allow us to talk to our children. They allow us to talk to our grandchildren. Amen? They allow us to FaceTime. We take happy calls. We take sad calls. We take important messages. We take the occasional telemarketer that has somehow gotten through our defenses. These little pieces of equipment, for the first time in human history, have us all instantly connected with other people around the globe with just this little piece here. And it is amazing. We are connected world. And I want you to keep that in mind, how connected we are with one another through our cell phones as we talk about prayer today. Because that's the next passage in Ephesians. Because the battle is often in prayer. The battle takes place in prayer. Some of the real battles take place in this arena called prayer. Amen? And some of you are already beginning to gloss over in guilt to say, Oh no, another message on prayer and I just don't measure up. I'm just going to tune out. Please don't. God understands your struggle with this because this is where the battle's at. And the enemy, the enemy wants to gloss you over in guilt and shame and to cause you to shut down today. I'm suggesting as we look into God's Word and we see aspects of prayer, you're going to learn some things and you're going to have some new incentives and some new understandings to say, you know what, I, I can do that. I can pray. And the enemy quakes when he understands another believer has understood the power of prayer to win the spiritual battles in their lives. So, you got to fight in your brain this morning. Fight the enemies. Whisper in your ears. You don't know how to pray. I don't pray effectively. I... I I, I'm so discouraged in this area. the enemy's gonna feed that this morning. and your job is to fight that with everything you know. Why do I say the battle is often in our prayer life? Well, let me tell you some things that I battle with. Sleepiness. Let's just start at the front end. Sleepiness. You start praying and all of a sudden you wonder why. All of a sudden you can't keep your eyes open for love nor money. And you start yawning. And if all of a sudden someone wasn't around, you find yourself five minutes later and you haven't gone any further in your prayer life because you've taken a short nap. I've I've done that. More so than I want to remember. Second battle... Wandering thoughts. Oh dear God, please pray for my wife, Barbara, she's going through, oh yeah, I, she has an appointment tomorrow and I wonder how the car if it's gassed up and um, I, I got to check the tires before she goes, and all of a sudden I'm down a rabbit trail. And I started strong, but all of a sudden my own thoughts take me down a path that I end up somewhere I don't understand. Now, your thoughts don't wander like mine. Amen? Okay, Okay. just just so I'm with friends today. The battle in sleepiness, the, the battle in wandering thoughts, the battle in wicked thoughts. Sometimes you're praying and all of a sudden some kind of thought bursts on your mind and you go, where did that come from? And the enemy has dredged up the very bottom of your soul and all the garbage that's there and has brought it to the surface. And it sickens us as this thought comes into our mind from the bottom of our souls. You've been there, yes or no? I have. Got to battle that. Another battle is worldly thoughts At times our prayers are so preoccupied with material things. Oh God, take care of my job oh God take care of my home not not my home life the shingles the paint I hope I hope my sewer doesn't clog up because they send me every six months a a thing that your pipe may burst at the street and, and you better take out this insurance. Those are worldly things. Now, is God concerned about them? Yes. But don't allow your prayer life to stay at that level. Because yes, those are important but he also wants to pray for our spiritual life, the spiritual warfare is around us, the, the needs in our friends and neighbors and family spiritually. Don't just make it worldly. So, what's the background of the text today? We're near the end of the book. Ephesians chapter 1 to 3 talked about our spiritual wealth in Christ. That is just something I review on a regular basis. I I love chapter 1 of Ephesians. All the blessings He's given us in heavenly places in Christ. Starting at chapter 4, verse 1, He talks about our worthy walk in light of all that God has done for us all that God has supplied us. Now we come to chapter 6, starting at verse 10. And he says, Now, in light of our wealth, in light of our worthy walk, you need to understand the warfare that you are now finding yourself in. The moment that I understand my need for a Savior and I accept Christ as my Savior, as my King... As my commander in chief, the enemy then paints a bullseye on my heart and on my life and on yours. And he says, You are now fair game and you are a target. We are now involved in a cosmic conflict. Why prayer? Why does he go through the armor and the warfare and then he talks about prayer? Hear me carefully. A soldier can have the very best armor supplied for him and the very best equipment that God can give to her. They can be standing and still be no use in the battle. They need and we need specific orders. The soldier must be deployed at the right time, at the right place, with an objective or strategy for this battle. And prayer becomes vital in the spiritual conflict, prayer is the means of becoming aware of God's strategy for a specific battle that I am going to face. Now, if I face that, even if I'm, I'm listening, but I face it without armor, will I succeed? No. If I have the armor on, but I'm not standing, I'm on the ground, will I succeed? No. I need to have the armor on. I need to be standing in Christ. I need to be deployed at the right place at the right time. And that's through prayer. See, our spiritual resources are accessed only through relational communication with the Father. Prayer is the enabling force that governs the effectiveness of each of our sets of armor. And can I tell you, constant communication is necessary. Constant communication with God is necessary because temptation is all around us all the time. Amen? All the time. And we think foolishly that I can stand against it in my own strength. I can't. We have a need for prayer because we are weak. We are weak in our own strength, we need God's strength. And when I pray, and when you pray, what are we saying? God, we rely upon you. I can't do it. I need you. I had a young man yesterday in counseling said that when he was at work, someone came up to him who is an atheist and said, you know what? You got to be weak to, to to follow God and to do all this religion bit. And this young man said, "How do I answer my coworker?" I said, "You really want to know?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, my opinion, tell him he's right. Tell him that you are weak. Tell him that you struggle. And you admit that and you struggle with sin. But you have a savior. Who gives you strength to deal with it all, who's paid the price for your salvation. And he went, Ooh, I like that. Because we tend to fight people to say, No, that's not true. Who's weak here today? All hands raised. We're weak. Spiritually, we're weak. And we learn how to step in and be drawing upon the power of Christ in us. That's what prayer does. Instead of allowing the enemy to cover you with guilt and shame, would you allow God's Word to teach us this morning prayer in a fresh way? Which will bring effectiveness for you in the battles of life that the enemy brings. So, let's look at the passage we finally got there. Ephesians 6, verses 18 to 20. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. There's the passage. And as I spent time There were eight aspects of prayer that flow out of those three simple verses. Would you notice in verse 18, the word all or always in one verse is recorded four times. you say, yeah. I think Paul is underscoring how important Prayer is for all of life. Not just the big things, not just the medical things, all things. Let's look at the passage, verse 18. Number one, to fill in the blanks on your outline, pray always. Pray always. And the text says, praying at all times, Continually. All of life is to be prayed, not just lived. Why? Because I said earlier, temptation is always present. And we, we say, okay, it says pray without ceasing, pray always. Oh, what is that? Uh, that sounds so... No, no, think of it like your cell phone. You have it turned on all the time. You can take calls as long as you've got this near you any time, day or night. If all of a sudden you have a need, you can call someone else. It's always on. It's always appropriate. You never have to wonder, will they answer on the other end? Will God answer on the other end? What's the word? Always. You pray always. He listens and responds. Always. We are always to be in communication with God. Number one, pray always. Number two, praying with all prayers. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and supplication. Praying with all Prayers, it suggests the idea of thoroughness and intensity. When I thought of all prayers, I thought of prayers in all of its aspects. For example, conf- let me just give you a list. You, won't, you don't write them all down. But think of one that you haven't used recently. Confession, Adoration, Petition supplication, intercession, thanksgiving, praise. Those are all aspects of prayer. You know, we've heard the the phrase, prayer changes things, right? Amen? Prayer changes things. Can I remind you that praise changes things? We don't do enough of that of just praising God for what He is doing. Praying with all prayers. Praying in public, praying in private. Praying deliberately, praying spontaneously. Praying in times of confusion, joy, grief, need, anxiety, trouble. When I have questions, when I'm full of lament, when I need protection, praying with all prayers. Do you have just one or two you go to that are your favorites? Expand your vocabulary. Number three, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Pray in the Spirit. Pray as as He inspires and leads you. Respond in prayer. Pray by His power. Pray according to His ability. Pray according to His will. The Spirit of God wishes to direct our prayers so that we will be on the same page with Him as we go through these spiritual situations. And He wishes to bring to our lives spiritual wisdom. Warren Wiersbe says this, It's it's possible to pray fervently in the flesh and never get through to God. It is also possible to pray quietly in the Spirit and see God's hand do great things. In your message overflow section of your notes, I've added a passage. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Are we weak? Yes. The Spirit helps us. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to to the will of God See only in the spirit's power can we pray in the will of God Praying in the spirit involves engagement with God And as he as the spirit of God brings us assistance in our prayer life which he's promised to do then He takes us beyond our immediate concerns to the things that really matter in our spiritual base. That's what the Spirit promises to do. So pray in the Spirit. Number four. Pray with your eyes open. See, I was taught to pray with my eyes closed, and so... Paul's going to say here, pray with your eyes open. Now, where do I get that? Verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert. Keep alert. This idea of alert is to literally watching or lying sleeplessly. Alertness detects me to the oncoming assault of the enemy. And as I watch, I can see the enemy coming against me, but it's praying that fights the enemy, not just keeping my eyes open. But I got to keep my eyes open. I got to keep my concentration up so I can watch him come. So I can see him moving in. And often it is so easy to lose our focus in this process. Remain alert. Number five, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Verse 18, to that end, keep alert, keep your eyes open with all perseverance. Keep on praying. All perseverance. We need to deal with our discouragement in prayer. Especially when the the victory is taking longer than I wanted or expected and saying, God, how long must you cause me to wait? Does God know the perfect timing for your life? Okay, some of you believe that. I'll tell you from Scripture it's true. God's timing is good. God's timing is perfect for each one of you. And if He is not answering your prayer in the season or in the time frame that you have set for Him, who is at fault? We are. We are. So, keep on praying. Robert Law says prayer is not getting man's will done on heaven, it is getting God's will done on earth. He went on to say that most of us quit praying just before God is about to give the victory. Therefore, don't give up too soon. Keep praying. If you want kind of a. uh, Keep praying until the Spirit stops you. Keep praying until God brings His answer to the table. But until that moment, you keep on praying. Amen? Is it going to take hard work? We're in the battle. Keep on praying. Number six. Pray for all the saints. Verse 18. Making supplication for all the saints. This isn't just for one or two favorite individuals. This isn't just for your self-centered needs. This is prayer for all God's people We need to remain alert to the needs of fellow soldiers for their spiritual victory because all of us are under attack. And some of you are under attack and you are suffering in silence. We need to see that and we need to uphold you in prayer. We need to be deeply concerned for each other and for the desire to be supportive in each other's lives. Now, we're not to be nosy. We're not to be controlling. We're not to be each other's Holy Spirit. But are we to care for one another? Yes or no? Yes. Care for one another. Understand what causes them pain and suffering. Understand the struggle. Pray for all the saints. Number seven, pray specifically for spiritual leaders. He goes in verse 18, he talks about praying in in six different ways, and then verse 19, and he says, Paul says, also for me. Pray for me. If you haven't figured it out by now, pastors need prayer too. Elders need prayer a lot. You know, we laugh, but it is so true. And over the years, I have had prayer warriors. Forty years ago, say, you know what, I'm committing, Pastor, that whatever, wherever you go, I'm going to pray for you daily or I'm going to pray for you weekly on Wednesdays. And when Ollie Mae passed away, one of our prayer warriors, there was a loss because I knew she was praying for me and for my family. See, Paul senses his own great need for prayer support. And he asks his readers, I need your prayers. Paul, great, mighty, spiritual, giant prayer, uh, was just as human as the rest of us. But yet he was humble enough and honest enough to admit his need for prayer. He He asks his readers, to pray, to support. Pray for me. Pray for me. And and as he says, pray for me, remember, where is he at? He's in prison. He is wearing chains. And the text says that. He is in chains. But it's amazing. He doesn't ask for the chains to be removed. That's how I would pray. Release me from this bondage. I'm not comfortable, Jesus. Paul doesn't ask for that. Number eight. He prays, for the bold declaration of the Gospel. See, his chains never caused him to forget his mission because Paul was functioning as God's official ambassador to Rome. And Paul asks to be bold, fearless, and remember to be fearless, before a hostile crowd He wants the good news to be clear and powerful in every situation and that's my prayer as well too that people would understand their need for Christ that they are weak they are weak totally in providing their own salvation that they need to trust Christ as their Savior from sin. So, what does this mean for us? Effective spiritual warfare begins, ends, and exists in prayer. So, three things. Number one, would you admit afresh that you are. Utterly and completely dependent upon God. That you have to totally rely upon Him. That is so un-American. And yet so biblical. We are weak. We cannot pull it off. Number two. Do you keep leaving your cell phone at home like I have? Or do you leave it turned off while you carry it? God wants you in constant communication with Him. That means you've got to leave it on. That means you've got to take it with you. That if all of a sudden you feel the vibration on your hip and say, Oh, God's trying to tell me something. Answer the phone. Don't just ignore the promptings of the Spirit who wishes to usher you into new understanding of His will. Keep the battery charged up. Don't avoid the calls. Sometimes they're hard calls. He's he's bringing sin out in your life and saying, deal with this. There are times He wishes to bless you. You see, communication with the Father is a two-way street. Number three, are you a defeated Christian? Have, have you stopped standing for Jesus? Maybe you have all the right armor but you're ineffective due to your lack of prayer. I mean, it looks shiny. It looks like a person in uniform. It just looks so sharp, and it is so ineffective. God wishes to use prayer in your life to energize all this. The enemy wants you to stand on your own. So he can knock you down. When we stand in the power of Christ, can the enemy knock us down? No. The enemy's power is no match for Christ. But the enemy whispers in your ear. You don't need Christ this time. It's a small thing. It isn't. We need to pray. Amen? Now, I'm not finished yet. I'm just putting my notes away. In two weeks, this church will be making a major decision concerning its future. Is this God's will that Wade Walton become the next lead pastor of this church? I want God's will. We need to pray. And I've asked some people to come forward, if you would, at this time and take a seat on the front row here. And we're going to take some time. I would I would love to put you in small groups and pray. And COVID said, no, you can't do that. But I've asked four people, four representatives from this church, if they would lead us in prayer concerning what God wants to do in our midst. Can we do that this morning? Can we do that this morning? Yes. So That's why I said, we're not done. With, well, we're done with my notes. But now God wants to speak through these four, and then I'll close in prayer in just a moment. And so as they lead us in prayer, would you pray with them? Andy Stroud, member of the search team. You can sit and pray. You can stand and pray. Whatever God leads. I'll will stand and pray. And
1: if I fall asleep or if I talk about a medical appointment, it's because because it, I was listening, right? Okay. Okay. Right? Let me
0: just keep jabbing you in the side then. Right.
1: Oh. Father, we uh. We as a team have have searched. We have longed. Uh, we have uh, gone through uh, uh, pastors that uh, uh, some, some would be good, but they just didn't seem to be the right fit for us, and we've act, asked for your wisdom along the way, and uh, we continue to pray. We have a name now. Uh, we, we, we pray for, for Wade uh, and and Wade and his family, and uh, we just we ask that that uh, as they come and on the uh, the weekend, eighth ninth, uh, as a candidate, that uh, you would uh, just lead this church uh, to uh, uh, just a a uh, just a, a a love of this guy, and and we pray that that uh, that he would be the right fit, and and that he would. Uh, uh not not take this this church on his back because that 's your job, but that you would give him the tools and uh and bring up the right people and and just uh we pray that you would would uh help them adapt to grandview and and help us to adapt to uh to him and that uh that again you would just bless us through the process and uh, and that you would just help us, uh, help help us along this way. We're excited, Father, and and uh, uh, we pray that you would just uh, uh, make this process a blessing. And and, and we, we long for Wade and his family to to come to Grandview.
2: Amen. I'm gonna stay sitting down. Uh, But first I wanted to say what an honor it's been to be on this search team. It's been really fun um, just interacting with each other and getting to know um, the different personalities. And it really was a great mix of people and interesting to see the way others think. And um, it's just been a lot of fun. So, uh, Lord Jesus, we come to you. Um, We are excited for Wade to come and to visit Grandview Thank you for the opportunity to be on the search team. Thank you for Wade. Thank you for his family. I pray that you would just give us guidance and clear direction on what you want for your church, Lord. I just pray that you would make it clear to us if Wade is who you have prepared us for. And I thank you for the gifts that you've given him in leadership. And I pray that you would continue to guide him. I pray that You would bless our time with him in the coming weeks and with his family. your name we pray, amen.
0: And now Jeanette White,
3: chairman of our prayer team. Father God, your word says in James 1, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, And it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith without any doubting. And so, Father, we ask. I know that I lack wisdom. So, Father, I ask that you give each one of us in this room and all the members of Grandview who aren't even here, that you will give us the wisdom to know what your will is. And, Father, I ask you to give Wade the wisdom to know your will. Father, I thank you and praise you that you put together the search team that you did for all their hard work, for their hours and hours of discussions and prayer. And, Father, I pray for the ninth. As Wade comes to minister to us, Father, I pray that we will be listeners of you, that no matter what, your will will be done. And, Father, we trust you in this. And we give you the praise and the glory, for you are so worthy of our praise in Jesus' name.
4: Paul Williams, Elder. Before I start, I wanted to bring just a couple things to your attention. Uh, Whether you realize it or not how well God's timing works, Brian was supposed to actually retire from here in February. But God saw a fit that He didn't He didn't want to bring a new person in just before the COVID hit, and so Brian has been here to service during this time. Also, Wade coming in. If you haven't read the note that's been sent out, uh, he has studied our church in detail to the point that he knows he has to love John Deere Green and the Iowa Hawkeyes, but he won't give up his Dallas Cowboys. Smart man. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your timing. Um, This has been a a difficult several months for our church as we have waited for you to bring us the man that you want to serve here, the man that you want to be the shepherd of this church. We thank you for Brian and Barb's faithfulness during this time, Lord. It has to have been hard on them to have set a date for retirement, but then you change everything all about. And But, Father, you know what's best for us. Like Brian said, we we have to thank you, or we need to thank you, for all the things that you do to prove to us that your timing is best. And now we do have Wade coming in in just a couple weeks with his family. Uh, he seems like the right man for us at the right time, Lord, but you, you're going to have to show us on the ninth. So help us to pray for them as they come. Help us to pray for Barb and Brian as they prepare for the transition into retirement. And, Lord, help us to keep our praise going to you that... We need to follow your will in our lives and as Brian has said that the still small voice you are speaking to us all our waking hours we just need to be sensitive to it so Lord make us sensitive to your guidance during the next couple weeks that we can have good discussions between us because that's going to happen and also Lord that we prepare our hearts for uh, the weekend of the ninth that your Holy Spirit will be fully in control. In Jesus' name, Amen. And Father, we pray.
0: We pray not for our preferences. We pray for Your will. That's a hard one for us who want to be in control. Father, use these next two weeks to prepare our hearts. Use these next two weeks to prepare Wade and his family. And may we watch you work, either in confirming this man and his family or saying we have yet to look. Father, we are trusting you for your answer. So Father, do a work in us, in our hearts, before that day. And may we be fully yielded to you and your spirit as you wish to work out your will in this church. We thank you for what you're going to do for the future you have set for us as a church. And we trust you with that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all close in a song together.